As we continue our series through the Apostles' Creed, um, I invite you this morning to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Hebrews is in the New Testament. It's towards the back of the Bible. It comes after books like 1 and 2 Timothy and, um, and Titus and Philemon, which is only a one-pager, so you might not uh, hit that one as fast. Find James, it's just before the book of James, so really towards the end of the New Testament. And this morning, we're just reading the first five verses of the first chapter of Hebrews because it unfolds one more piece of the creed, although there's lots and lots and lots of things we could say about the next phrase of the creed, which is Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Jesus Christ, Son, our Lord. And when I say there's lots that we could say about this, there's a bunch of different angles we could take, and I'm giving you my word as a preacher that we're not going to try to cover all of it this morning because that would be a long, long time. But we're going to focus on just a little bit of the creed at a time, one angle of it at a time. And we'll do that this morning as we think about, we understand that we believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. But we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, as well. And so Hebrews 1, 1 through 5, will unfold for us maybe a picture of who is this Jesus as Jesus, God's Son, relates to God the Father. But before we do that, let's pray together. God, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit, our teacher, and the glory of you, Jesus, God's very Son. May your glory be our primary concern. As we read your word, as we recite the creed together, may we remember and deepen our understanding of what we believe and why it matters. This we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God the Father, that if we want to understand who God the Father is, we can learn that best by understanding who Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, is. But as we want to keep this in our minds, as we want to, to get the creed in our heads and in our hearts, as we look at this big picture summary of the faith, I invite you to join me in reciting the Apostles' Creed together. 
The words will appear on the screen, and I invite you to say these words and remember that this is what we believe in summary. And may we also remember that it matters deeply. Join me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we understand who Jesus is and how this relates to God the Father, I wonder if it's best sometimes if we can see things and not just hear them. So I'm wondering if I could get a few volunteers this morning. I promise not to load you up with books like I did to Braden a few weeks ago. And as I threatened, I was thought about doing with him, I, will not, I also will not push you down the stairs. With those disclaimers in mind, any volunteers, no speaking parts. Oh, good. Trinity, Jim. Oh, good. Thanks, Jim, for not raising your hand. Um, let's see. Um, Jill. <laughs> or Tim. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up front. This will be fun. Um, oh, thanks, Tim. Let's see. Um, oh, Silas, come on up. Emily, great. Oh, come on all the way up. All the way up here. Oh, we could use, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, and I mean, we'll just do the Bender crew. Justice, you're willing. Come on up. Okay, that gives us Actually, if everybody wants to go on Tim's side first. Okay, um, except for you, Silas. You're going to stay with me. Because here's what we're going to do. Have you ever been a team captain before? You have? Okay. At school. So you know how this goes. Um, these are the people that we can choose for our team. All right? So... We're gonna, we, we want a team that can endure a lot because we're going to put them through physical, emotional, and spiritual hardship. So I need you to pick. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So I just need you to think about choosing the best team that you can choose based on who we have available. And because I am a friendly person, I'm going to let you choose first. So choose one. All right, all right. <laughs> Silas chooses Jim, all right. Jim's on Silas's team. Um, I'm going to bounce out. Trinity, I'll take you on my team. All right, your pick, Silas. All right, keeping the brothers together, all right. And I'll take Emily on my team. All right. We got to keep, nope, we got to keep it fair. So there's somebody who doesn't get chosen. So... <laughs> All right, so. I only 
But now here's the thing, Silas, you and I, I'm going to turn my back on Tim for now. I kind of trust you. <laughs> Less so in this moment than others. <laughs> All right, so Silas, we are actually, we're really on the same team. So what we picked teams for was just a scrimmage because we're playing the same game. We're on the same side. We've got our, we've got our teams assembled and you've got, you've got a blood relative who is your brother and you also have Jim who is also your brother in Christ. Because this is part of the team that is the family of God. So you have chosen a good team. Trinity, Emily, I've got both of you on my team, and I know that you can use your gifts. And now that you are on the team, and Silas has his team, I have really good news for you. It's not just us that are coaching you through it. Though we're the team captains, we're making some decisions for the games today. The real point of this is that we have one coach that is coaching both Silas and I, and all of us, and that coach is God. And we, and you are on the team now. And I chose you and Silas chose Justice and Jim because we believe in you, because you matter to us, because we want you on our team. And we're gonna go through some hard times together, but at the same time, it's also going to be good. Are you ready to join on the team? Do you want to be committed to it? Do you want to grow together and learn with each other? Silas, do you think you made good choices? I think so too. Now, there's something wonderful that we experience when we are chosen for a team. And there's something that's sad when we feel like we've not been chosen for the team. Yeah. We'll come back to you. We'll come back to you. But consider this. For some people, this is a nightmare, getting chosen for a team. Because, because once we're chosen for a team, once somebody points you out, once somebody calls you by name, you know that you belong, that you have been chosen, that you belong to something greater than yourself. Because I don't care what the competition is, unless it's something like mathematical. If we were going to play against each other, it's great to have a team of three on three, no matter what we were playing. Three against just one we stand a better chance than just one by themselves. There is something meaningful and good about being called onto the team, about saying, you matter, I believe in you, and I want you to come with me. No matter what we face, we're going to do it together, and I want you with me. And when we're not chosen, well, I'm not going to interview you about this. When we're not chosen, we feel like we're on the outside. We've been left out. We've been excluded. We've been passed over. And in those moments, I think there's different things that we start to wonder. Do I matter? Am I enough on my own? Because no matter what the game is, we want to be chosen. And the beauty of this is we all know each other by name. And if we trained together, if we lived life together, if we were going to do cross-country with Jim, he would coach us well, and he would get us into better shape than we're not, and we would learn from another, one another, we would hold each other accountable, and we would do all of this. But the biggest part is that we would all have the same coach. And we would say that that coach is ours. The coach is ours. And we could say, that's my coach, even though really... We didn't choose the coach. The coach chose us, just like Silas and I got to choose our teammates today. I wonder, just for a moment, 
if evangelism, of sharing our faith in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, I wonder if evangelism is as simple as saying, I have room on the team for you because Jesus Christ knows you by name and loves you and you matter and you bring your gifts and we have a spot on our team for you. So Tim, if you do want to come over to this side, you also have been chosen. Because really, we're all on one team. Any competition that we would have against each other, it's just a scrimmage. It's just for fun. But you have been chosen. And because of that, we all have the same coach, who is God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And the one who calls us by name is Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Thank you all. You can head back to your seats. And I really do thank them for helping us out, so... When we think about Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, the exact representation of God the Father, this is how we understand God's grace. We could read Hebrews, we could read throughout the whole New Testament to understand better who Jesus is. But one thing is that it is Jesus who is Lord over all things, and it is also Jesus who calls us by name. We could, learn, we could look to 1 Peter chapter 2, where we are told once, over on this side, once you were not a people. But now, when you've been chosen, you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, the mercy that comes to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. But now you have received mercy. It is Jesus Christ ultimately who calls us. It is Christ who is the one who calls us by name and says, I have a spot on my team for you. Now, in the church, we might have different lesser coaches. We might have team captains from time to time. But ultimately, what we are saying is that we belong on this side. We belong on the team because Jesus Christ, God's only son, has called us by his grace and mercy to say, come join the team. Come over to my side of the aisle. Come be with me. Jesus calls us. This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are called by God, that we are known, that not a hair can fall from our heads without God the Father Almighty knowing, and that it is Jesus Christ who is God's exact representation that was here on earth and we're going to get into the story of Jesus' life in future weeks. But today, suffice it to know that Jesus is the one who has called us. And there's a particular word, the, the possessive here. We say, our Lord. Our Lord. Meaning, we all share the same Lord, the same coach. The same, as Ephesians puts it, God and Father over all of us who is over us and through us and in us. We share that one Jesus and that we might call Jesus our own. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Lord. But where it started was by Christ calling us. For before the world began, Christ calls us. What does this mean to know that, that we are chosen, that we are God's people, 
that Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, has adopted us as his very own sons and daughters. We become brothers and sisters in this way because we share the same Lord in heaven. Evangelism, once again, is as simple, though complex, but as simple as saying, I believe that God's love is big enough that there is room on the team for you and that Christ calls you by name and invites you to know our Lord. Jesus and Jesus alone is our team leader and we can call him our coach because he has called us already. Now, team sports are complicated and sometimes there's competition that unnecessarily can arise even, uh, even on an intra-team type of scrimmage. I personally always found team sports really, really stressful. For one, like Tim, I was always afraid of rejection, of not making the cut, of not being the one who would be called. Team sports are also just complicated because you have to work with all these other people and you've got one coach calling the shots, telling you what to do, but it still is stressful. I will tell you this, Taekwondo is so much simpler because you just get in the ring and your coach basically tells you, well, I've done all I can, you get in the ring, you hit that person and don't let them hit you, the end. It is much simpler than any team sport. But then if we all say that Jesus is our Lord and we gathered here, those online, those across the whole world, if we all say our Lord, Jesus is our Lord, we're recognizing the base foundation of truth, which is that Christ has called us and that Christ has the authority over the whole universe to call us his own, that he bled and died for us, that he rose again for us. It's not a question here of God's authority. But I wonder if the challenge of saying our Lord is on the fact that sometimes it's hard to work with people. Sometimes we might recognize that, well, there is one Lord, but there's times we're in the church. Maybe a team captain makes a choice that we don't think is the right play for us right now. Well, that, ca that team captain is still the team captain. Silas made the best calls that he could with the information available. Nicely done. But sometimes within the church, even though we say, we all, we all serve the same Lord, we have different ideas of how that should be done. We don't like maybe the play that somebody called. We think they should have made a different choice. And yet at the end of the day, at the foundation is Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord our shared Lord. Churches, unintentionally and intentionally, will compete more with each other than with the world. The world that we are called to minister to, and yet we get nervous, we get scarcity mindset, and we'll compete with our brothers and sisters. Often, we divide up because we say, you know what, I know it's one Lord, we share the same, our Lord, Jesus Christ, our Lord, but I don't like the way my team is playing right now. The, sub, the small team, not the big team, not the World Communion Sunday team, but I don't really like my small team right now. There are over 5,000 denominations in the United States, over 5,000 denominations in the United States. Would we all claim our Lord? Absolutely. But how often do we split and divide out? Because I don't like the way my league is playing right now. 
I want to switch from American League to National League. You get 5,000 choices. And you know what? We're not even done making denominations yet because we're competing with each other and maybe sometimes forgetting the crucial side of our Lord is the foundation on which the rest of the aspects of our faith are built. That we all serve Christ together. Jesus Christ is our Lord. And yet sometimes it's hard to compete. It's hard to not compete against one another. It's hard to focus on the big things being the big things and not get caught up on the little things taking too much aspect of our imagination and time and effort and energy. We forget that the ultimate joy and relief is when we were called, even if you grew up in faith, that you could take for granted that, that you have been called from this side to the side of belonging, to the side of the team. And what does a team do? A team works together. A team works together under one main coach. Yes, there might be smaller coaches and captains along the way, but the team works under one head coach. And when we say Jesus Christ, our Lord, we are saying the one who has authority over the cosmos by God, by God the Father's own hand. Jesus Christ is our one and only coach. Teams then, those who say our Lord, who claim Christ as his own because Christ has claimed us, our Lord, we then work together as a team. Sometimes we have to make plays that we're not so sure about. We don't know if it's going to work or not. Sometimes we have to encourage each other and say, I know that you're doing well, and I know that this is hard. Sometimes we need to rebuke one another and say, you knew better. Think of all the reasons that things go wrong in a team sport. Somebody changes the plan without communicating to anyone else. Somebody tries to make it all about themselves, even though it's a team sport. There's all kinds of things that happen within a team. But a true team is one that lives life together on the court and off the court. That they are with one another. That they are there to support each other. Not because we always love every single teammate that we have to play with. Sometimes it might be someone that we don't care for as much, but because we have one Lord, our Lord, who is over us all. That is what makes us a team. And we didn't even choose each other. We are, as Christians, foundationally called by God. And we're called to serve on this big, messy team called church. To be on the court and off the court, supporters of one another. To live life together here in meaningful ways where we share in prayer and in programming and in learning and in the sacraments and in fellowship. On the court. On the court at the fair booth. On the court when we're on a mission trip. But also off the court in our day-to-day -day living. Because any coach will tell you that how a player lives off the court is going to impact their performance on the court as well. Are there things that teams say, okay, this is not who we are. That's not how we represent our coach. Because we want to bring honor to our coach. There are times where we have to say, this is not how we're going to play on the team, or we're going to divide the team up. 
choosing teams is scary because we're making choices. And there's always that feeling of exclusion. And no one, whether we're already on the team or not, we don't like feeling excluded or singled out or left out. Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, is the coach who calls us together and who calls us his own. Hebrews gives a beautiful picture of who Jesus is and that he has sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, that he's superior to the angels, and that God has said, you are my son. Today I have become your father. I will be his father, and he will be my son. We are not elevated to the status of Jesus when we are called, and yet we are called Christians, little Christs, little Christs, because we have been called by God to be on the same team. And when we are called by God, we are gathered by God. We are called little Christs because we have been adopted as sons and daughters. This is not through anything other than grace. This is through nothing other than God's grace that he has adopted us as his own. So we do not become, if you're a guy, you do not become the son of God in the same way that Jesus is the son of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. But all of us become sons and daughters of God because God has adopted us and called us his own through Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord. This is foundational for us. So, if you're over on this side, which if you believe in Jesus Christ in your heart and proclaim him as Lord, that you believe in your heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead, then you're, you're on this side. You're on this team. What does that mean? What does it look like to be the right type of team player? And what can the team accomplish together? We're on this side. What about the times when we know in our head that we belong over here, that we have been called and chosen, and we feel like we're stuck over here? Or we feel like we're on the bench, that we have more to offer the team, that, that why aren't we getting used in the right ways? This is what makes community hard, to live together as a church. Though we are here, some part of us will always feel like we're over there. And when we are here, how do we represent our team well? Before we get divided up and separated out by all the differences of interpretation and tradition and understanding of faith the world over, may it be enough for today to remember one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. And it is Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who invites us to communion, in remembrance, communion, and hope. That as we turn our attention to the table, we are here not because we earned it, not because we are so impressive, but we are called here by name, because Jesus Christ is our Lord. And this is his table. 
that he has given us as a gift. Because God knows that some of us forget. Some of us have a hard time remembering. And so God gave us symbols to remember our identity in the waters of baptism. And God gave us a meal to remember our value as part of the team and our identity here as we partake of his body and his blood remembered through communion. Friends, today we celebrate this feast of remembrance, communion, and hope on World Communion Sunday, remembering that the world is a pretty big place. And we don't take for granted the privilege that we have that we gather here, out in the open, even streaming online. We gather here to celebrate in fellowship and to share the bread and the cup with one another. And yet we remember on World Communion Sunday that there are Christians now in Iran who very secretly, very quietly may be sharing in this supper. We celebrate baptisms openly, and yet we celebrate this supper with those who had to be baptized in secret. Or if you follow any of the Words of Hope updates, had to leave the country for a celebration to be baptized only to return. We share this bread and this cup with brothers and sisters in Ukraine and Russia, and how hard it is to remember that they share Christ with one another. Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, over all of us. We share this supper with those who have gone before us and lived this life in faith, whom Christ was with them. And we share this supper with those who will come after us, who will also be called by God to join the team that we call his church. Friends, it is a joy and privilege to share in this supper together.